Dr. James K. Harris. Uh, hello and happy October, Dr. Nick Flores. Yay, October spooky season. Woo! Spooky season. I have already managed to fall asleep to Hocus Pocus twice. It's not a Lucky. good movie. Do uh, you take that back? You take okay, that I back. I never will. <laughs> I never will. <laughs> I, I think the aura around Hocus Pocus is what? is alluring and not necessarily the content um that's exactly correct and i convince myself every time that i'm going to enjoy it as a movie and then i start it and a half hour in i am asleep oh bless you well james um <laughs> we we are and you the listener are listening to learning on the job where two recent ish queer phds of color that is dr james k harris and myself uh discuss and you know the our navigation our ways of understanding higher education at our various institutions um you know we present perspectives on all kinds of things uh from you know how to be a better socializer at a conference we haven't done that or yet um or you know doing things that like will make you look good in your dossier so we don't get fired yeah Call i it love it experience. i love it i live uh, i live big promises yeah. uh it really it's it is a reminder to me that there really have been no conferences since we started this show so wow, interestingly, that's wild. interestingly the american studies association conference is actually currently happening virtually um, it was Fair. supposed to be. Held, there have been lots of virtual it, conferences. It's been. It, it was supposed to be held in Puerto Rico. I had totally planned on going, and unfortunately, had to cancel everything because obviously it's virtual. Um, and I, I'm, I'm a little mad. I've actually never been to Puerto Rico before, and I was really looking forward to the beach and the sun, and you know, see how like the ASA is handling the the uh the structural issues of puerto rico in like a hurricane world like in a post-hurricane world um uh, puerto rico really, always felt like, like a bold articulate. gamble yeah no i mean um, I, I but i hear it and i feel it and it was a, it it does feel like it was always going to be weird to see these. Look, I'm going to MLA. In fact, I just paid my $200 registration fee for MLA, which is happening still allegedly in person in DC. And they sent us a whole elaborate dossier explaining their plans for in person. And I am so curious to see how this works. Uh, I can't wait for you to share both with me and our listeners. Uh, before we kind of, you know, go into what I think you and I, as we were talking before, you know, we started recording how we want the episode to go. Let's do like a quick check-in. Um, I am curious to know, James, what is your favorite television program these days? I mean, you know, it's Naked and Afraid of Love because I'm still obsessed. And Naked and Afraid of Love has gone in a direction that is so deeply, profoundly cringe that I can't, 
it's it's scratching an itch that I never knew I had and I'm shocked by it. But so like that's too easy an answer. So I think I'm going to go with something that I'm I'm I am struck by how much I'm struck by it. I've been watching uh, Tedious White People, the series, part 7,000. This one's called Scenes from a Marriage. And it's an HBO version <laughs> of a Swedish, I think, maybe a uh, short miniseries from like the 70s that was made into a film in the 80s or 90s that is now being made back into a miniseries starring Jessica Chastain and Oscar Isaacs. And it is Tedious White People being as tedious as you will ever see them and there's something about it that's like first of all so incredibly well acted and compelling also we're now four episodes in so if you wait four episodes you do get a full frontal of oscar isaac so that's nice um, but but it is like just such a fascinating exploration of like straight people are wild and the problems they create for themselves are wild and it's a show that's like squarely about this and just like the tediousness of the problems straight people create for themselves and it is I mean I can't watch Succession because eat the rich so like this is as close as I can get to just like they're detestable but I guess that's the point mm, what a great observation and you know synthesis I appreciate that I've I've only seen ads for this series this this newer hbo series and i'm not engaged with it but maybe that will i'll add that to the repertoire of look the, if you make it four episodes in i mean honestly that or google right like it's, okay. it's on the internet but that's no cheating <laughs> it is absolutely oh, it is and honestly like it's funny that you say that because that this is actually something i tell my students kind of religiously in my class is like google doesn't have all the answers you go to u of i where we have a really large big public <laughs> library and it's like so big you have access to so many things and you shouldn't google things and then here i am googling things so like google you know, doesn't have all the improvements but they might have all the dick pics from the last 20 years and you know they'll call them a little just column saying a. so um you didn't ask me because you don't care about me as an individual as a subject as a fully formed realized being and at um, this point the audience knows <laughs> And so the thing that I am watching, and not that I'm struck by, but that I'm embarrassed and a bit shamed about, uh, because we've been known to cancel Ryan Murphy. But like, honestly, this latest season of American Horror Story, the double feature is, uh, it's entertaining. It is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fantasy version of the tedious white people and the 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 worlds that they create for themselves but in like Absolutely. fantasy land and like um you know it's it, it's i just i don't know i don't know what it is i i go back every week because i clearly don't love myself um so maybe that's where <laughs> i should start um well anyway okay so, I, so i'm happy to join you in just like a quick rundown of because i i haven't seen the second half of the double feature but i did watch the one that's about uh vampires but also meth i'm always yeah. shocked by how much american horror story manages to be a show that's about the ways in which america is the horror story like i do i think look shit on ryan murphy all you want we should we there are lots of problematic things but like american horror story feels like the apex of the kind of thing he does like that's the best version of what he's doing that you're gonna get like it's very much For sort sure. of tableau based art but it is like these crazy big ideas about like what this nation is and like what trauma looks like and what pain feels like it's thoughtful and surprising I agree, and I completely concur. Uh, I would say, though, when I want to be 
entertained even more so i actually turned to i used to turn to south park for that uh for what you've you know kind of assessed as the kind of uh kind of presentist version of commentary on you know whatever this so-called united states is that's fair. um so uh, but, but, but Brian Murphy, or rather the American Horror Story series is certainly likely in that they're in like the same camps, maybe, or like their camps are next to each other. Um, so, uh, so, okay, so we could, we could likely spend all of our time talking about and, you know, discussing our interpretations of popular American television. However, I want to stop us. <laughs> Um, before we get too far along. And so, so dear listener, James and I, this week, uh, before we got on, I was sharing some, like, stressors, some woes, some anxieties, because, you know, it's that point in the semester uh, for many of us. And we have kind of decided to suspend our regular format this week. And I think what we're going to do instead, and James, you know, jump in, um, I think we're going to, you know, kind of, talk out and talk through making sense of the the interrelationships between the stressors that are imposed on us via the work environment and the kind of internal personal lives that we all have that are also not disconnected from or divorced from especially those of us in the academy from our work lives and you know how to make sense of that and just you know, maybe take this as an opportunity to hopefully, uh, you know, gain something by sharing between you and I, James, but also maybe someone who's listening that might also benefit from just hearing two, two fags talk about how like <laughs> awful it is, but really like at the end of the day, like we're salaried, Look, right? Like so real, like, so real. So, I had the great pleasure of taking a class with uh, Nan Johnson, who was a rhetoric scholar at Ohio State. And she taught me all kinds of things that were incredible and interesting. But the one thing that I think about the first and always the most really like all the time is she said this thing to us one time that was like, it's important that we be whole selves, right? Like our jobs encourage us to spend so much time thinking about our minds and our ideas and our work. And like, that's good, but we can't do that if we're not also taking care of ourselves. And so like, maybe this is just a space where we remind ourselves that it's important that we be whole selves. I love that, uh, being whole selves. And you know, I think that there's also something kind of internal to this logic about whole self that uh is so profoundly not a script that people like you and me uh get if it's not coming from people who look like us or people who you know have Absolutely. similar backgrounds and so it's it, it to, to get it from you know mentors guides friends peers uh is vitally important you know because we are enough. I am enough. James, you are enough. And I think that 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 was the advice that's been given to me. Maurice, in fact, who we interviewed or yeah, had on the show earlier this summer, uh, they are someone who is constantly reminding me of my enoughness. And I want to, you know, kind of acknowledge that and maybe put it alongside this 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 idea of Absolutely. You know, being one's whole self uh, and like the importance of that. And, you know, it, and it's so difficult, I think, to attempt to distangle or dis, uh, you know, or to, to untangle rather the 
the messiness of our lives that I think in many ways to an outside world, you know, and, and maybe this is like far off the mark, but like I imagine that a lot of people who see people like professors or people in institutional life like the academy may think that people have their shit together. I mean, but it is mm-hmm. just as like a shitstorm in here as it is out there. And like sometimes those two things are indistinguishable and in fact are feeding the flames of each other. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. The, truly. The, absolutely. The, the so-called out there and the so-called in here, right? Like these are yep. not, you know, obviously divorced, but yeah, like, I was saying to you before we started recording, right? Like it's that part of the year where it's, it's impossible to tell like which of my feelings are I'm frustrated with my students versus like I'm frustrated with administration versus like I'm frustrated with how my research is going versus like I'm mm-hmm. frustrated with my personal life. Like it's mm-hmm. we're we're at that point where they're all, they all become how we move through the world and so like unpacking any one of them is also unpacking all of them and so i guess in that spirit like there's no sections here but i i'll just throw to you friend how are you feeling this week thank you for asking i am i'm overwhelmed i'm utterly stressed uh personal life work life uh you know, slash professional life, Um, you know, without getting into too many details, uh, there are circumstances, there are forces, there are variables at play in my life, professionally speaking, that I have zero control over and that I, you know, can do nothing but merely show up, do the work that is required and expected of me and be okay with that. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm not upset about that, about, you know, I signed up for, for this and I'm excited to kind of be where I am. But I think that there is a, um, there's just like a lot of information that I feel like I don't have yet with where I am, that there's like a lot of, you know, you never know what you inherit. So there, there was a, uh, the unit for criticism and interpretive theory here at U of I hosts a modern theory series. I forget exactly what it's called. It's like the modern critical theory series lectures. Well, we had Sarah Ahmed come uh, at a fave. Uh, love her. At, love, love, love. This is a. I did propose the one time I met her. She did turn me down. It's fine. <laughs> It, this is a Sarah Ahmed Stan podcast. <clears throat> and so so she was delivering uh, a lecture last academic year on her most recent publication on complaint. And she said and was kind of articulating this idea of inheritance. Um, and for her context, she was talking specifically about institutional inheritances around sexual harassment, around sexual violence, around kind of secrecy, around you know, internal logics or internal rationalities specific in higher education that produce and as well as condition uh, environments that make it that have made it okay in the past to, um, you know, allow certain behaviors and certain actions by primarily majoritarian subjects, i.e. like white men, um, but not strictly white men, you know, enact violence within the institution and that that to complain or to articulate a grievance uh, and it be received as a complaint is is actually a source of you know a feminist killjoy's um, 
power maneuver within the institution, right? And that we are kind of living through. Um, so, so all of this too was kind of broadly framed in terms of inheritance, right? Like, you know, what what is it that we inherit? Like, and you and I, James, in particular, right, are uh, inheriting a lot, both in terms of, you know, who we are Ooh, as individuals, but also like in our, in our various institutions, right? And so um, no institution is perfect, duh. But also, it is for me. Every institution about, is very imperfect. <clears throat> it from the jump, A to B, A to Z, yes. So, um, I, I'm wrestling with the inheritances <laughs> that I have because I'm I'm not. I don't fully understand them, and I don't know that I ever will. But also, I just feel like there's a there's kind of a transformation happening where I am, and you know. Some of that might be, you know, internal feelings that actually will result in something, you know, beautiful and amazing uh, because feelings of transformation are often accompanied by feelings of discomfort or unease. Uh, and, you know, it's I'm, I'm not unfamiliar with these affective registers or states, but also, you know, I just because everything is so new to me, I, I still don't know how to process it all. And so all of this is to say it, all of all of the inheritances um, that I have uh, encountered and I'm encountering are revealing themselves in ways that, you know, I'm, I'm learning to work through. But this week in particular, things were kind of coming to a head. Um, both professionally and personally, but so much so that I realized that my personal life is is much more affected than I have realized or was willing to kind of meditate with myself about how much, you know, work stress is actually translating very directly into personal life stress. Um, but that personal life stress is one that I actually have a little bit more control over than I realize. And Part of my mechanism with dealing with stress, especially kind of professional work stress, is to often channel that and kind of launch it at people that I care about uh, in ways that are just, you know, unproductive, that are likely rooted in all kinds of insecurities that we can trace back to, you know, Lil, Lil Nick's childhood um, or the formative years of, of Lil Nicky. But, 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 you know, I think that one of maybe a silver lining if there's a silver lining here and I there is a silver lining here is that like I'm recognizing you know because I'm in a new environment because I'm engaging with different people that I don't have control over a lot of things and I need to or I don't need to do anything I want I I, I want to invite myself to recognize what I have control over and what I don't and then also recognizing that sometimes I take that out on people that I care most about and that is, it's not okay, right? I mean, I think the primary example for me that I shared with you, James, before and that I share with the listeners is that, you know, if I'm stressed, like usually the first people that hear about it, but also will be the kind of brunt of the, or kind of receive the blow of that stress is my mom and my sister. And they don't deserve for me to treat them like an asshole, but like I, I have historically, and you know, I'm not perfect and I still have today, but like, why is it that I feel so comfortable launching anger and kind of negative emotion at the people who have only ever loved me unconditionally, right? 
And maybe it, maybe there's something there about because I know that they love me unconditionally, that they'll always be there, that that somehow I've rationalized perversely justified that it's OK for me to act this way. But it's not. Um, and so all this is to say, I think that in addition to the way I've treated my mom and my sister in the past, and not to say that that's who is kind of receiving the anger or the discomfort or the stress this week because it's, it's some other people that I care about. Um, it's made me reevaluate, you know, my relationship to not only work, but kind of how I handle and deal with stress. Wow, thank you for listening. <laughs> Happy to do it. And I mean that anytime. I think there's so much there that I like just intimately connect with, right? Like, like I mean, I think, right? Yes, it is obviously because these people love us unconditionally, that they are the space where we sort of unload all of our anxieties in a way we wouldn't for someone else. Um, and like, there's, it's a real double-edged sword, right? Because on the one hand, like, that's what makes those relationships special. But as you're highlighting, right, it can also make them the space where you are unnecessarily ungenerous, and where you're like, cruel when you don't need to be because you feel like, well, there are no consequences, people aren't going to go anywhere. And it's easy to forget that they are whole selves in their own right right and that they deserve to be treated like people that you love and people that you like want to have in your life in whatever way um Mm -hmm. but also again back to the sort of meta point of like it's that point in the term it's that point in the thing we do where it's so hard to figure out which of the feelings i'm feeling are coming from where like which of i i all i know is that i feel stressed right and what Mm -hmm. specifically is causing this stress is sort of like can be really tough to work out. And yeah. I think one of the things, like one of the reasons I think, like I didn't get graduation, like understand it as a concept until gravel really. Cause it felt like that was the first time that I really truly understood how much sacrifice everyone else was making alongside me. And mm-hmm. it didn't feel just like I was getting a ribbon for having done the thing I was supposed to do. It felt like we collectively are celebrating this thing that we have all been through. And the we have all been through it is that like, they are there to do that. They're also experiencing this thing with you. They're also a part of this emotional journey with you. They're also a part Mm -hmm. of sort of like this working out of what it feels like to do this kind of work. And it's hard and it's thankless. And so I think like being mindful of the work you leave for others is really important. Mm. And it's a thing that honestly, as like, academics in particular, but really all kind of like higher level, like what you might think of as white collar professions, right? You're never really called on to be mindful of how your bad days reverberate and make everybody else's days shittier. And so like, I think taking a moment to pause and think about that can be really helpful and important. Yeah, wow. I, You, James, I love you so much. And you have always been just a great synthesizer for me and you always rearticulate back to me in better ways no doubt the thing that i've said yeah. but like distilled it in such a way that's like oh shit you're right like <laughs> me having a bad day can turn into everyone around me also having a bad day and like bitch that's power and also like that's absolutely that's like that's more responsibility like you have dick it is um and, you know, I mean, if I'm if I'm kind of completely if, if I'm radically honest with myself, I think that I have been someone who throughout most of my life has and can have a very direct effect on people uh, in, in kind of in emotive ways. And, 
you know, it's not something that I'm boasting about or something even that I'm proud of, because historically, I would say, especially when I was younger, I often, you know, used it to make people feel really not great. Um, again, rooted in my own insecurities, a little faggy yep. Nick, like certainly you know, not understanding myself and like taking it out on everyone else because, you know, the world is evil. Um, but I but I appreciate that. And like the world that I want to live in is not the world where we dwell or even linger in the badness or the negative, right? Like it's because that's easy. And that's the other thing I think I want to kind of highlight here in this conversation is that that those are default positions for me. And I'd imagine a lot of other people, right? It's easier for me to dwell or to linger in the stress that translates into anger that translates into, you know, depression or whatever the whatever the emotion might be. Um, And like, as I'm getting older, I'm turning 32 in like, next week which is really exciting um you know as early birthday as i give you a happy belated next time as thank you as i ripen um and kind of hit the ground running my 30s i'm realizing so much more of the choices that i have over my internal state and over my you know kind of emotional intellectual kind of psychic life spiritual life right like and that's really all i have control over um but yeah, whenever we're 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 in positions that like directly affect other people, it can be really. Um, yeah, and so I mean, like, I want to, I I do want to plant a flag in the like. I understand that that can be stressful in its own right, right? And, like, there can be a world where you feel like I'm not even allowed to feel my feelings because I don't want to make other people's lives harder. And I don't think that that's the move. I think it's more just like being mindful of the ways in which all of our stresses overlap and 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 the things that might feel like they are what's pressuring us aren't actually like at the core of what's sort of driving our anxiety um mm-hmm. i don't know i've been thinking i saw someone say this thing earlier today that i think has reshaped my entire worldview and i can't get it out of my head and it was just like if you think about it anxiety is just conspiracy theories about yourself uh, and, and, mm. and, and, and 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 mind blown uh and so i've been thinking a lot about how like you know at the end of the day like it's easy to feel like you are the most important thing and everything is happening to you and it all matters in some deeply consequential way and it's harder I think to be mindful of like the bigness of the world and that like we're all just trying to help and get through it I'm still caught up on this phrase where did you encounter it Oh, someone my friend Kristen sent it to me she found it on I want to say TikTok Oof, TikTok I, she's, she's my TikTok person. She's like, I have two friends that are on TikTok and they send me the things that happen over there. That's so funny. I I have a TikTok, but I have <clears throat> since this semester, I mean, really even since the summer, I've like not been on it at all. Um, I, I think about a month ago, I, I logged on, it's a ghost TikTok. And I think I've shared that here before on, on the podcast <laughs> that, I, that I actually do have a TikTok, but like you'll never be, no one will ever be able to find me. I'm very selective <laughs> about who I've, let know who I am because it's like I made a a ghost email like there's no identifiable information. I love this so that much can, like, for you. To, um, well, because I was really curious because my sister really was the one who put me on, um, and so she she often sends me things. But like I logged on maybe at the, at the beginning of August and I had like a hundred videos that like the three people that I that know that I have a TikTok we send back and forth. <laughs> And I was like, I don't have time for this. Um, Cause it would literally mean I would have no, like I would 
suspend all professional things and do nothing but TikTok. And by that, I mean just like watch TikTok. Like no grading would get done, no writing would get done, no research would yeah. get done. And like, um, I, I yeah, so it's, it's one of those maybe over break, maybe over winter break, I'll like get back in. Sure, but by on. that point, there will definitely be 1500. The <laughs> algorithm moves fast. Doesn't it? No, I'm, I'm literally like, this is when you know, um, it, it, whenever I start doing a dance that is like clearly like, <laughs> months old and like, hey guys, oh, like, like, it's like, I won't know what's months the millennial. Old. <laughs> Uh, and then everyone's looking at me like, bitch, that was so October 2021. <laughs> and it is now January. And honestly, my uh, students, my students will be the first ones to like point it out to me too. My God, I feel old in the classroom every single time I walk in there. And I think I'm like, so like relevant and like, I'm about to like, you know, uh, profoundly sh like shift their perspective and thinking and they're like oh yeah girl this happened like 10 years ago and i'm like ah, i can't uh, like my mind is still blown by the fact that none of them were alive for 9 11. they'll never know like none then, like none yeah. like none Truly. just like oh that's right we're old cool that's fine <laughs> it's fine it was gonna happen someday right uh well i i I appreciate, thank you for sharing. And I mean that. Um, and I, I appreciate that you're really, I think the people, I'm sure your mother and sister know that you're going through some shit and they will come out on the other side and, you know, it'll all be fine. And yeah. for the other people in your life, I think, you know, like I have found that the older I get, the thing that I'm getting better at is just like communicating when I'm feeling stressed. So not necessarily feeling less stressed, but just like being very clear about like, I, I am, this is what's happening. I am working through it. Do with that information what you will. Um, and so, yeah, I think that I feel like that's helpful. I don't know. Maybe it's not. I don't know, but like, no, I think just helpful. as a way of keeping everybody on the same page of like, you know, yeah. <clears throat> feelings are not, this is, it, they are all in your head, but also like that's prime real estate. That's where you do all your best thinking. So like mm. they matter. Yeah. Um, I, how about you? How are you? How are you doing this week? How are you feeling this week? What are, oh, so I, I mean, you know, it's been a week. We're just here doing the thing. Um, there are two things that are really sticking out in my brain as just like, I don't know what to do with them. And I find them very frustrating. And so one of them, I think, is maybe easier to just commiserate about because like it's pretty self-evidently bad. Um, so I'm in the CUNY system and one of the and we have received a directive as it has been described to me about three or four different times from on high, quote unquote, uh, the mm -hmm. college would like to do some high flex. They got a big investment in high flex, which is a new teaching modality that they are very excited about. High flex is, I think maybe this is an open page. I'll double check, because if so, we will drop it in the show notes, because there's like a whole page where they try to explain to you what exactly high flex is. And the idea basically is that like, CUNY would like for us to simultaneously teach an in-person class, an online class, and a uh, an online synchronous class, and an online asynchronous class. So you mentioned last week, or maybe last time before that, that you were teaching a class, and you're also offering the students the ability to, if they if they are not able to make it in class, you have a sort of Zoom component where they can mm -hmm. log in if they need. Uh, mm -hmm. HyFlex would basically be that as a standard option. So you don't have to have an excuse or a reason. That's just one of the standard options. Oh wow! But then a 
alongside that, the other standard option is just you can take the whole class asynchronously. So you would have like 30 students, what? some of whom are maybe coming every day, maybe they're online when they don't want to come in, some of whom are like only ever online, but they're coming into the online sessions, some of whom are only online asynchronously. And I shit you not, from the way this is explained currently, it sounds like the students get to decide day to day which modality they'd like. What is this world? And like, okay, I have so many questions. Where is HyFlex coming from? Like, who is, is this like an- Top down. So this is like at the college level, but like at the college level, they would like for us all to be doing this thing. Uh, and so it's so, not wait, just like so question, our college, question. it's all the CUNY colleges. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I guess my question is, so is HyFlex a software or is it like a, a plan? No, is it's just it the name for the type of class that you would be teaching. That I is see. like, um, both but this is this is uh, up from up up top is what you're saying so this isn't like a like a learning manager okay wait system. i found the, i found the page let me read it to you uh colleges and universities across the country are more proactively exploring ways to expand access enhance learning accelerate student success and promote equity so too has cuny which recently launched a pilot of quote high flex courses uh high being hy capital f lex courses the pilot which includes innovative and willing this is key faculty is a collaborative effort that focuses on the provision of a shared of a series of shared resources including reduced pricing on key technology and identified by a group of experts from across the university the development of a high flex seminar in partnership with the university's central office the school of professional studies lehman college and other university partners the ongoing creation of a platform for the exchange of promising practices and resources to help facilitate assessment and continuous improvement so at this point high flex is a top down the college would very much like for y'all to figure out how we can make this work we'll throw some money at it if you can make this notion work but the notion is truly that you will take a class and simultaneously teach it across three modalities to the same group of students and those students will decide in real time on any given day i guess how they feel about it which one they want to do like coming in today going to be on zoom today are you going to do the work this week or do you want to be asynchronous this week i and so this so is the like... idea that a classroom is a community would just like i guess go straight down the toilet the idea that my job is something other than administrating from a course I, software perspective would go I, straight out the window i am just saying like do do we get like a free micro trip to like no 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 you know? we are getting 500 dollars to do the training <laughs> and if you and if it goes well they'll pay for your software if you would like to use a fancy software that's what you get wow wow that that you don't actually don't keep it's like owned by the university and we'll have to give it back <laughs> and if you do anything like... they don't like you're fired yeah and you're fired yeah wow so i this is this is the solution wild. to wild. our pandemic wild. like this is like what we're wild this is what we're going to this is the legacy like this is the like we're gonna it's a student-centered like what about us like, I mean, okay, what about so, yeah, students? No, but what but about, what about the, idea that, like, the customer isn't always right? Right. Like, I right, understand right. that we're treating students like customers and whatever they want, we'll give them. But it's like, well, A, if that's true, the customer isn't always right. The pandemic taught us that. But also B, the students are not our customers. They need to learn. And we're supposed mm -hmm. to be the ones who know best practices for teaching them. And you will not find a single person who teaches in a CUNY classroom who thinks this is a best practice. Hmm. Like this is this is no, I mean, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to an info seminar I'm offended. and I have a lot of questions. And so that's the thing I think that's like at the top of my head line, like mind, whatever. Like I can't I'm, I, I don't understand and I'm not 
I'm only reaching the point now in my career where I'm allowed to speak up enough in meetings to be like, duh, actual fuck. Uh, but I probably <laughs> still can't say duh, actual fuck. So to find the nice, I'm not yet tenured way to articulate that this seems like a really not just bad, but kind of cruel idea. They're like, we're going to charge them a full tuition. Like you're paying, like you're going to regular class. And what you're getting is this thing. Um, and I don't know what to do with it, but I'm pretty not on board. That is absolutely wild. And also like to your point about, you know, being a junior faculty member and not you, having to be very strategic about how you deliver your message. Yes. Uh, is something that like deeply resonates with me, resonates with me. Okay. At this very moment. So this, but also like this maybe yeah. brings me to the second thing I want to talk about, which is like, so I think I've mentioned before on this show that I really, I love my department. I genuinely do. Like I, I, I like them. They're cool. They've never been anything but good and home to me. Um, and I love department meetings because department meetings are like English departments. If you've never been in them, like if you work in like academia, but in a smaller department, you are maybe unfamiliar with how much English departments are massive like everywhere you go mm -hmm. they're the big like yeah. it's it's always massive it's always so many stakeholders with so many different takes on what the field's supposed to look like and like what is the thing we do and like how are we best supposed to... they're always such interesting conversations because they have such a broad range of stakeholders and so mm -hmm. like English department meetings everywhere I've ever worked have been like occasionally very contentious but usually like just so interesting and I look forward to them because I don't mind mess I love some good mess I love some mess that's just like academics fighting about how best to teach like it's it's fun mess and it's come been on reply mess. all come on reply right? all oh I love it so much <laughs> and so I've been like really invested in this conversation about like our department is trying to rethink our standard learning or student learning objectives student learning outcomes rather uh mm -hmm. and like reevaluating. we have a sort of the big class we teach that everybody takes in our in our college is English 100, which currently, for reasons I do not understand, has an exam. And like I've maybe mentioned mm. this, but since I've been here, I have hated this exam and I've wanted to figure out a way around the thing we're doing. It's like a timed in-person sit down and write in a blue book exam. It's insane yeah. to me, but whatever. And so like these are the kinds of conversations I expect to have at department meeting. So I went to department meeting this week. And it was all was, you know, smooth sailing, just moving along, department meeting, department meeting, regular, you know, college is on fire. Uh, we've lost <laughs> 500 students who've been unenrolled because wow. they refused to get vaccinated. And our hope is that they'll come back in the spring, but we'll see. Uh, and so, like, you know, that the regular business of being in the college. Um, and then and then out of truly a space I'm I it, this was yesterday I'm still trying to unpack it uh at some point one of the so our faculty is like is a lot of our department we have a bunch of older people who've been in the department like for let's say 20 30 years and then it kind of feels like there was maybe a pause on hiring for a while and then they hired in a cohort of new younger people so there's like a pretty clear distinct generational gap of like mm. people who are like let's say maybe mid 40s and younger and then people who've been here longer and we'll call them the sort of like the old timers uh, and we love them and they're great and they have a very specific sort of gatekeeping commit committed relationship to things like MLA citational practice specifically was the point of entry for this conversation and so mm. like one of the people who represents that cohort spoke up in the zoom meeting and was like talking about you know I I feel like we're moving in a direction where we're not going to be teaching MLA anymore and we need to be more anxious about what it is we do as a department. somehow this whole thing devolved into just like the most 
anxiety producing conversation about like the future of this department doesn't look like the past of this department and there's no space for the people who do the thing we used to do here and if the people who do the thing we used to do are pushed out the thing that you guys are saying you're doing isn't enough to keep us whole and it was like it it was like during this it was a zoom meeting and so like the part of the problem was also just like the the old timers are like let's say not great at zoom and so they do that thing where they sort of talk over people because they don't necessarily mm. realize people are trying and so there's also just this dynamic where like the people in the room who are the angry old timers are just sort of talking over all the younger people who are trying to make their points and that's layering on top of a larger that is literalizing the argument about how like we feel like you're not hearing what we're saying and so I was like text chatting with the other with the other people who are roughly like in my cohort in the department. It was just like, the fuck is happening right now? We're just like, I don't know, man. How many English professionals does it take to understand subtext? It was just, it was wild. It was so uncomfortable. I've never been so uncomfortable in an English part of me. Like we got to the end and our chair was just like, I feel like I need to bring this back home. I don't know what to say. I don't know how to fix this, but we are all on the same team here. This was weird. I guess we'll talk about it next time. I would. Uh, it, uh. it was a real skin crawly, just like it was. There are not a lot of moments where I'm reminded that I am so young and so black in this department. And I just, there's Ooh. no space for me to join this conversation. Ooh. Uh. I, remind me. You're not the only black faculty member in your department, are you? Mm, there are three of us full time, I think. Wow. Um, wow. I don't even know where to be. And so it's funny because I, I primarily know about English departments through you, actually, and like just the massive. And then at OSU, it was like, you know, y'all had a whole building, whereas like other departments <laughs> just have like like you know, part of a floor. Y'all have an entire building for English, and so it's like, just a massive it's two floors on a building. They don't have the whole thing. You can you can you can you can tell anyone in that building otherwise. Um, <laughs> Fair anyway. So all this is to say, like I can't imagine the the kind of ego that like is present in those types of meetings and you add in that little generational divide and you add in like, I can't zoom well, I can't zoom good. And it's just like, yep. oof. Yep. Oh, yep. like, All I don't know what this is. All of it's happening is. at the same time. It, yeah, yep. I'm I, entertaining, I, you know? It, it was like, it started off as entertaining and then it was like, oh, they're still going. Oh, they're going in. Oh, oh no, I have to go back what? to meetings with these people. Make it stop, yeah. please make it stop. Right, like, Mommy, daddy, no more. <laughs> exactly, wow. Um, on top of like, you know, now being asked and, you know, so it's, I, I think to bring in, because we kind of, you know, moved over the previous point about like high flex and that, but like, it's, it's interesting to think that those colleagues of yours are also the ones who don't zoom good, um, being what asked to look, do the high flex thing too. Look, and like, <laughs> that was a part of the conversation like, like, that's we had. Like, really, at a purely technological like, level, like we're not, we are not the faculty for this. Like we're not yeah, set up, our campus yeah. isn't who, set up for this. We don't this? have the Wi-Fi for this. Who's is? Who's is, right? Like, I mean, I think that, you know, there, there are probably, at least here at U of I, right? Like I, I know that there are like pockets, you know, across the university where, you know, they were probably very well prepared for the pandemic and the kind of remote 
teaching that happened and took place. And then like, you know, are developing likely what you've described as high flex, but certainly hybrid courses um, and something that I'm engaging in this semester. But, uh, you know, that's not across the board. That's not across the university. And so um, I think that that's kind of wild, you know, that like the expectations and then, okay. And you couple that with, you know, not every student is a good student, is a nice student, is a student who like cares or a student who shows up. Because I have had a few of them who in this most demanding way be like, where's the link or where's the high, like, this is the courtesy. I do not have to, I'm not required to do this. I do not like, I'm doing this because I want to make my class accessible and like accessible across multiple platforms. Um, And I, the no, goal, I, I've absolutely gotten some emails the, that like required a one uh, or two hour cooldown of like, because uh, like cause, the goal of some of these students, like how dare you talk students. to me this way? How dare, like how? I wouldn't like talk to any, like what are no, you but, like, like? Not just as a professor, but like I'm a grown as a ass man. person. Are you talking yes, to? exactly. Like, exactly. Yes. Ugh. Like you're and a I, child. I would what? never, I would never. I mean, I'm yes. trying to, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of like one in particular that like, um, it, oh, I, I mean, got an email no from question, a no address, was, uh, just like, where's the link? I got an email from a student that was, she didn't turn in her paper cause they were due Monday. And so on Wednesday, she sent me an email that was, um, I couldn't find the Dropbox, so I didn't do it. Huh? That is not, an that's not even a question. Girl. It's not even a question. Why did you send me this? What? What is the, do I grade What is the reason? What is the reason? Why are you like this? Is this work elsewhere in your life? Right, exactly. No, so I had to have a coming to Jesus moment with my, one of my classes this past week too, about like, so I, you know, give bibliographic information about texts that we're reading in class that all of them, every single like piece is accessible through like the online you know, database system, either it's a journal or if it's like a newspaper or a magazine or like, you know, we have Canopy, which does like the, the streaming service for videos, right? Like, because I recognize that like, I don't want to make you pay out of pocket, right? And, and again, I could be someone else and be like, no, we're going to read, you need to buy 10 books, right? Like 10, you know, oh, I and know, I'm not, I know her. I'm I've not, I'm, her not I'm not, I'm right, not, haven't we all? And we all just side eye, <laughs> right? Like I'm ILLing this shit, like, Anyway, <laughs> right. so like, um, so, so I, there was a, there was a link to, cause I include the links, right? A permalink to the articles. Um, and this one article this week, students were having difficulty because it was taking them to the journal itself. Um, and it wasn't yep. like, and it now. wasn't like a Taylor and Francis or it wasn't like a, you know, one of these bigger journals. Um, and so you did have, and we have access to the journal, but like, you have difficulty accessing it on their website. Like you can type in all your credentials, but there's what, for whatever reason, it's still difficult to get. So it's like we, and we had library sessions this semester for both of my classes where we like walked through the process of how to like retrieve, you know, the content for this course, right? Giving direct examples, right? Um, and so many emails this week, oh, the, the link isn't working. It's not, I can only see the first page. I don't know how to do this. And I was just like, I was like, okay, like maybe, maybe there is something here. So I go check it out. 
And no, I mean, like, turns out all I had to do is actually just search it through, like, the U of I library website. And it takes me to, like, it's, like, the first fucking link on the, like, search engine with, like, the, the short title of the piece. And it says, get PDF. And I was like, how... We we did that. We walked through this, baby girls. Like we did this, and I was just straight up like in a, an announcement and a note that I sent them. It's like it is no longer an excuse for you not to come prepared for class. And if if you are unable, it, it has nothing to do with like me or this course. It has everything to do with your unwillingness to like seek it. Like pro solutions driven girls like th this ain't an excuse anymore this Look, is not an excuse like literally giving I, you i uh and i'm so, with you one thousand percent but i will say i have discovered uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with either camtasia or snagit are two pieces of technology that allow you to sort of screen capture and snagit is nice because it allows you to take a picture of your screen and then you can like draw arrows and shit on it because i've gotten really big at just doing this for them because like i will do it one time and i will make it for you and i will never listen to this excuse again because i have learned especially in the pandemic that nothing goes without saying and if there is room for an excuse they will take the excuse mm -hmm. no for sure yeah i mean earlier this semester i had a student who like was clicking the wrong link and screenshotted me, showing them showing me through screenshots they were clicking the wrong link and literally like to access one of the the, the content yep. that we so link right under it and it was like girl is read, I send them a picture read with the an text arrow on it. read the text <laughs> picture with like an read arrow. it's the read it's the new passive aggressive fuck you bitch like, like words they mean things they're right in front of your face <laughs> they always uh, were. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> okay. So now we're just like devolving into like our um, whatever, whatever. Yeah, it's been this is our this is our this way. is our show to do it. It has, it has this. If not now, when? If this, if not this space, where? Um, because it's, but I feel it's better having worked yeah. through it with you, and I don't want to leave having not asked you what you're thinking about. <sighs> Thank you, James. We didn't even have a break today. It's fine. Um. What am I thinking about? Um, honestly, I am thinking just to kind of circle back to where you, you know, you let me like talk for so long earlier about, you know, better understanding what I have control over and what I don't. But then like the piece that the gift that you gave me today was, you know, like actually baby girl, you having a bad day can mean like so many other people will have a bad day. And like, their, their consequences and effects to your to you by virtue of like who you are and the positions that you hold and like the you know the, the power dynamics that like do exist right so um, I think that that's something that I've been journeying a lot about this week crying a lot about this week and I think it's all kind of crystallized a bit more for me in this conversation so thank you for the talk therapy um, so that's what I'm thinking about you know like being better at discerning what I have control over what I don't and then also like being mindful of the impact that I have, very direct impact I have on people's lives around me. Very what about cool. you, friend? What are you thinking about? Oh, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the field. I'm thinking about the, I'm thinking about English studies, I guess. I'm thinking about sort of like, or maybe more broadly, sort of what it means to make space in higher education and what it means to sort of work in these spaces and ultimately what it is we're working towards. We've been talking a lot, especially on our campus about, 
I mean, our campus is in a really weird transitional period where we are technically in person, uh, but you would not really know it or feel that way if you walked around the campus because so many of our classes are happening in like hybrid modes and no one's on mm -hmm. campus. And also because the resources of the campus have been so dramatically sort of like scaled back. And I don't know, on the one hand, I am a part of and really excited about this push that the department is doing to help initiate a sort of uh, English AA program online. Uh, and I'm excited about it because it's the kind of thing you should do when you need to go up for tenure and show that you are a valuable part of the college. But it's also just another of the ways in which we become a school that doesn't need a physical presence. And, mm. I, and, and I wander all day around a campus that when you come to visit, I will absolutely take you to and show you, although only if they really let you on because who knows anymore. Yeah. Uh, but like it is absolutely a stunning campus in the middle of the Bronx that is beautiful because we have it from when Columbia tried to have a campus in the Bronx back in the early 1900s and then abandoned it because there were too many brown people and then NYU tried and they gave up for the same reason and now it kind of feels like CUNY is giving up for the same reason and it's hard mm. to not feel like there's a history repeating itself and it's hard yeah. to not feel a sense of responsibility to resist that even as I feel overwhelmed by what that responsibility means. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So, you know, I want to do better. I want to do better by the borough that gave me a home and a job and like treated me really well when all I had to offer was an English PhD. But I don't know what better means. Hmm. Hmm. That's a lot. That's, that's very meta and really kind of heady. Um, but also like, you know, you you are one of the only people I know who is able to, you know, work through that in a way that not only benefits you, but everyone around you. So, um, thank you, friend. I'm yeah. trying and I will, you uh, are. anything you're reading, you care yeah. to share your deck girl. Um, honestly, there's stuff that I'm rereading because it turns out I, maybe I didn't get it the first read through. Um, no, not really. Like, I, I've honestly been so swamped with just like, especially these past two weeks with like reading because of, you know, projects that my students are, are submitting um, that I've actually really neglected um, my kind of research life. And I am a bit of a shame to admit that like, I haven't like picked up research in a way that I know I need to. Um, over the past I like, won't accept half. any shame I won't accept any shame you don't have to read a completely different book every two weeks truly it is an arbitrary setup and you're doing work and you're teaching and you're working and that's great and I really only asked so that I could talk about uh <laughs> Natasha of course Downs, you did. the perishing oh my god I'm reading this novel the perishing and it's wild and it's like perfect for the season it's spooky season inspired and it's a ghost novel that's also like a true crime well true crime inspired like a murder story from the 1930s in LA and it is weird and wild in the book of the month for this month so I've been working my way through it and it is beautiful and fun and totally worth your time if you're looking for something to read this season noted yeah I just like saw the link there appreciate it um I will you know I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna look into it um I mean, look, one no, day does, when you're ready, does. I have them all does. sitting here. You can borrow them. But it, but it does. It does. I'm like now on the site and I'm like, oh, cute. Nice. It's fun. I still love that you're in this book club. That makes it just makes my like heart flutter. I 
I because I similarly hit like research walls every once in a while like right now I'm doing a decent job because I have a very specific and focused goal but like you know when you don't have a very on, specific and focused thing to be redrafting then it's just like you're reading towards oblivion and you're kind of like absorbing other people's projects and it's a whole thing yeah yeah true that true that well James uh this has been you know I I've enjoyed you know having the opportunity to kind of Cathect, cathart with you. Word. What is word? The, I don't know. I'm not a psychoanalysis. Like I don't know the proper oh term. Neither. Cathart. Um. <laughs> God, do you remember when that was like that was a thing? Oh, it'll be back. That? Give it five oh. years. Oh gosh. Continental philosophy. I'm sick of it. Um. No. Um. Uh, well, James, it, we've reached the end. I. Drew, truly love appreciate you so very much and i'm grateful for you and the time we get to spend together and i look forward to checking in again in you know a few weeks time and see where we are and see you know if like the entire institution hasn't actually burned down by then fingers crossed that it'll be fine <laughs> but even if it's not we will be we will be awesome well james enjoy uh, the rest of your day we'll talk to you soon same love you much friend talk to you soon love you Bye. Bye.